Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. We have several guests for you this morning. In the leadoff spot, Sherry Mazur, Vice President of Communications and Public Affairs for the V Foundation. And later, we'll chat with great broadcaster, phenomenal friend, and former host of this program, Bill Daughtry, who will give his perspective on the effect of the coronavirus on pro sports and help us say goodbye to a prominent local sportscaster. As we always suggest, hope you're prepared to take down some valuable information you're here on the show this morning. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Sunday, whether you're just coming in or preparing to go out for an early breakfast or sunrise service at your house of worship. We'll begin this edition of New York Sports and Beyond after this time out on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Before I tell you about our first guest, Here's a public service announcement. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and us here on 98.7. ESPN New York. My guest, Sherry Mazur, a communications professional with more than 15 years of experience in the nonprofit sector. She's serving as Senior Vice President of Communications and Public Affairs for the V Foundation, where she first joined in 2008 as a Director of Marketing and Communications. During her tenure at the V Foundation, Mazur has managed a broad scope of efforts such as comprehensive website revitalization, communication needs for high-profit signature events, community fundraising initiatives, and an organization-wide 20-year anniversary celebration. Let's say good morning and welcome back to Sherry Mazur, Senior Vice President of Communications for the V Foundation. Hi, Sherry. Hello. Thanks for having me again. Welcome back. It's good to talk to you again. Thank you. So I told everybody in the beginning to have a pencil, paper, or, you know, on the phone, they got the, on your smartphones, you got those little notepads, because you've got so much information on how people can be involved in this March Madness part of the V Foundation, because our main goal always is to try to end this beast that's called cancer, Sherry. Yes, and we feel like there are many ways that people can support us in March to do that. The simplest, of course, being a donation to the V Foundation, and I think everyone knows, but if not, if you donate any money to the V Foundation, $10, $100, $1,000, and you go online and donate at v.org, 100% of that donation will fund cancer research through the V Foundation. That's important, and because not only is 100% going, which means that your money is going directly to solving this cure for cancer, but also that you have year after year, we talk about it, and I love talking about it, and you should be proud of it. You have this marketing firm that says, hey, guess what? When it comes to charities, these guys are five-star. Yes, and you're referring to Charity Navigator, and they lay all the charities in the United States and there's thousands of them, of course. And so consecutively, we've received their highest rating, nine consecutive years, and that places us in the top 3% of all the charities that they rate. That they rate. So we are um, in good company uh, with that rating. There's no question about that. Sherry, what is the, the connection 
with March Madness, this focus on college athletics and the special time of the year when, you know, dreams happen and the Cinderella teams come and come from nowhere and end themselves up to a championship and the V Foundation. Well, I think it all started with Jim Valvano and his amazing run through um, NC State and that championship in 1983 where he was running around the court looking for somebody to hug. And we carry his legacy. Of course, the V Foundation was started by Jim Valvano and ESPN, and we've been around for about 27 years. And so this time of year, you know, with the um, college basketball playoffs and all the excitement around that, it kind of calls to mind Jim Balbano and that special time 26 years ago. And that energy that's around that tournament, you know, is so exciting. Everybody loves it. It's the same type of energy that we hope people have in endorsing so many of these uh, the, these functions and these opportunities that people have in all parts of the country to find ways to help fund a cure for cancer. Yes, and fortunately, there are so many different ways. So, for example, we have a partnership with Constellation Brands Beer and Wine. Over the years, they've donated more than $17 million to the V Foundation. And so just simply by, um, you know, supporting Constellation, and that's the family of beers that are Corona and Modelo and Pacifico and Constellation Wine, People are, in a way, contributing to the V Foundation by supporting some of our partners, like Constellation. All right. And so Constellation Brands Beer Division, as you mentioned, and this is their 10th annual fundraiser initiative. What? How's that relationship? How was it started? How has it grown? And where do you see it going in the future? My relationship started, actually, I was there um, about 10 years ago. Someone from Constellation called over to our office and said, hey, we want to get involved with a charity, and we've been looking at you, and we're very interested. And I quickly went over to Nick Malvano, who's Jim's brother and was our CEO at the time, and I said, hey, these guys at Constellation are you know, interested in potentially working with the V Foundation. Would you mind having a chat with them? And so um, Nick talked to the guys over at Constellation, and shortly thereafter, they launched this partnership and have been going so, so strong ever since. All right, so Sherry, we took care of something to drink. Now let's take care of something to eat, and that brings in Applebee's. And the Applebee's Mid-Atlantic has raised over $1.6 million for pediatric, pediatric cancer research since 2000, 2006. How did that relationship go? Yeah, that relationship has been going strong, and it's just so cool because this is something that people who are actually dining at Applebee's can participate in. So they've got these paper basketballs. And they have team names printed on them. For example, around here, it's got Duke and UNC and NC State and Wake Forest. And so people can go in for $1, purchase a paper basketball, write their name on it, put it up on the wall. And so you can imagine it's a lot of $1 paper basketball sales at a time that have culminated in this $1.6 million donation to the V Foundation. And they donate a few hundred thousand dollars every year. And we're so, so grateful for that partnership because it's really community-driven. It's the patrons who are dining at Applebee's who are helping support that. And then you've got something that uh, could land folks for a pair of tickets to see the Jimmy V Classic and the Big Apple. That's right. So we have, I mean, we have so many different activities like that, but one of the activities is around Constellation Wines, and people can actually enter into a food stakes to um, attend the ESPYs in Los Angeles in July. Wow. Wow. 
That that's a big that's always a big production, the ESPYs. <laughs> it is, it really is. It's very special. All right. And now tell me about the Delta Chi International Fraternity. Yes, and Delta Chi is actually participating. They have a brackets program that they're doing and they're going to be um asking their Delta Chi brothers and the families and friends to participate in um, filling out brackets and with that those the bracket donations will be directed to the V Foundation. Now Sherry, and we'll come back and talk more about that before we end our chat here on New York Sports and Beyond. I'm chatting with Sherry Mazur. She's senior VP of communications for the V Foundation. I always like to kind of eavesdrop into the conversations you have with the various doctors and research people that you talk to all the time and just to find out where we are as far as you know finding a cure for cancer how the grants are going and so on and so forth so let's start there let's start with pediatric cancer because we talked about that a couple of minutes ago and that's one listen all cancer is bad but when you think about pediatric cancer you think about the young kids and babies who are who are dealing with that cherry it's it, it's downright depressing it is it's Pediatric cancer is devastating, and like you said, there's no good type of cancer, but to see someone who is very, very young going through cancer treatment and just watching their families, you know, agonize over that, it's heartbreaking. So um, Dick Vitale, of course, is the champion for pediatric cancer for the V Foundation, and he leads the charge. And last year, I believe he raised around $3 million or maybe a little bit more even at his gala. So he's going strong again. That will be coming up in May. But, of course, pediatric cancer research is a cause that we are deeply passionate about. And while we fund research for all types of cancers, we um, typically fund several million dollars every year into pediatric cancer research. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond. When we return, how your donations help find a cure for cancer. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's conclude my discussion with Sherry Mazur, Senior Vice President of Communication and Public Affairs for the V Foundation. Sherry, talk about the challenge that you and, and the doctors and research folks are, are working in and trying to find a cure. I mean, there, there are more than a hundred types of cancer. Do, how do you, what's the game plan? Do you try to do one at a time? Do you look at a group? Do you look at some that are very similar in different strands or st- strains or stuff like that? How do you, how do you attack this? Well, fortunately we've got hundreds and thousands of researchers across the country who are brilliant, who are, looking at exactly those types of things that you're talking about because so many times um, cancers behave differently in different individuals, we know that, but also there are similarities among cancer types. So the researchers are trying to find those correlations and see if there's findings that have come about from researching one type of cancer and its treatment and if that can be applied to a different type of cancer. So the the problem with cancer is that it's so, so very complex and, like you said, over a hundred cancer types. So we're never going to have a day that we say we have cured cancer because if you cure one type of cancer, there's still so, so many other types of cancer out there. But we feel like we are making incremental steps in the right direction and more people are able to survive and thrive through their cancer treatment. 
Sherry, the positive thing is there are an estimated 16 million cancer survivors in the United States, and that number is expected to rise as we continue to find a cure. So while we're we're working on ending it totally, we're also finding ways to have people deal with it and live with it and have quality lives. Exactly. More and more people are able to live through the cancer diagnosis and to actually, you know, have wonderful, productive lives. And Robin Roberts, of course, is on our board, and she's um, a host on Good Morning America. She calls herself a thriver because she doesn't think she's a cancer, simply a cancer survivor. She feels like she is thriving through her cancer experience and is still, you know, came out stronger and better um, even after that, that happened. You know, Sherry, I think um, TV and the commercials as far as getting people not to smoke have done a pretty good job in, in making it, listen, don't do it. <laughs> Please, the visuals are haunting, Sherry, but it's still a little disappointing to hear that lung cancer, lung cancer accounts for more deaths than any of the cancer, both men and women. Are we not getting the message here? I, unfortunately, many different lung cancer, many lung cancers occur um, in non-smokers as well. And mm. so it's not uncommon to find someone who's never smoked a day in their life um, to have lung cancer. And so um, it's not always a smoker's disease. That's good. That's good to know because I think that's the that's that's what we believe. That's the fallacy of the fact that we think about smoking, but we have heard stories, Sherry, about people with secondhand smoke and and being involved in certain areas where that that can become an issue. Yes, absolutely. Sherry, what else you guys got cooking over there for for the uh, March Madness type of of uh, you know the V Foundation to make folks make sure they remember us and donate some money so we can end this cure uh, find a cure for cancer. Sure. Well, people can visit V.org. That's our website, the letter V.org. And there you can learn more about the V Foundation. You can make a donation. You can join us on social media. That's at the V Foundation. Um, And you can learn more about where the donations and that money that we're raising is actually going. You can learn more about the Victory Ride, which is a cycling event that we have happening here in North Carolina in May, or learn more about our events like the Dick Vitale that's also in May, but that takes place in Sarasota. So there's things happening year-round in multiple ways, from volunteering to donating to attending an event to hosting your own event. So really it's just a matter of um, what interests you and how you'd like to get involved. Sherry, hosting your own event sounds fun. Tell me more a little bit about that. Well, that's really just limited by someone's creativity. So we have everybody... Um, doing things from three-on-three basketball tournaments to neighborhood walks to um, hosting parties to benefit the V Foundation. Kids have lemonade stands and and spend their donations in. So um, there's hundreds of community events around the country taking place um, throughout the year, and people are very, very creative in their fundraising efforts. That's got to be a lot of fun uh, to, to do that. And then, as you said, your creativity is the thing that allows are there are there guidelines to that? Is there certain things that you can't do? Um, no, I mean within reason that people are very <laughs> creative and there are dozens of different ways that people support. but if you go to v dot org, um, there's an entire toolkit around community events and just different tips and tricks and ideas that people can pursue if they want to set up their own community fundraiser. 
Sherry Mazur is my guest. She's the Senior VP of Communications for the V Foundation. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Uh, Sherry, how far have we come? As you get a chance to sit back and time reflect uh, on those quiet moments, which I know are very few <laughs> because you're so busy keeping things rolling. But from where you started, where you were when the G, when, when the V Foundation started and when you came on board and to see where we are now, does, does it give you cause to just shake your head and say, wow, yeah, we've got, we, we, we've got a long way to go, but we've, we, 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 we've, we've done some good things. We have over the last, uh, I've been with the V Foundation about 12 years now, and I can tell you um, that when I started, we were awarding about $7 million to cancer research every year. And last year, we awarded $29 million in one year. So the foundation has grown. We've been able to grow our programs and grow our events and grow our staff so that they can support all these wonderful fundraisers that are taking place. And with that, we've been able to um, raise the amount of grants that we give every year, which is really what it's all about because our goal is to put ourselves out of business. We want to live in a world where there's no cancer and that you don't need an organization like the V Foundation fundraising for cancer research because, you know, we've solved that problem and we can move on to something else. You know, that grant process has got to be something that is intriguing and interesting and so many people come to you with so many different proposals, I would think, Sherry, come to the V Foundation with doctors who have worked tirelessly on certain things that they've noticed and they want money to follow that follow that through and see if this is the one thing that may can break that chain. Uh, take me through that process for a quick minute. Sure. We have a scientific advisory committee at the V Foundation, and people who are on that are the heads of cancer centers and hospitals and leading organizations like that across the country. And they review and vet all of the proposals that the V Foundation receives, and they fund according to how much money we have in the budget that year. So um, wonderful, brilliant people are submitting their proposals, and wonderful, brilliant people are reviewing those proposals. So when we say we're funding the best of the best in cancer research, it is truly the best of the best. No question about that. Sherry, before we go, why don't you just remind us some of the big things you've got coming up in different areas of the country during March Madness where people can be involved. And once again, if they can't be involved, we know they can donate on V.org. But if if something big is going on in their area, we want them to come out and support the sponsors who are doing putting these things together. Absolutely. So people can um, purchase Constellation products like Modelo, Corona, um, Pacifico and help support Constellation in their efforts um, to fundraise for the V Foundation, Constellation Beer and Wine. They can go to Applebee's in North or South Carolina and purchase a paper basketball for a dollar. Show some support for a team that's playing in the playoffs and also um, support the V Foundation through that initiative. They can sign up for the victory ride if they want to come to North Carolina in May. And if not, they could sign up as a virtual rider and ride from wherever they are located and fundraise for the V Foundation. Or like you mentioned, they can go to V.org and find many, many, many other ways that they can help support the V Foundation. Virtual rider, Sherry? That sounds intriguing. Yes, you could ride on your Peloton or on your, you know, own bike at home or you know, however you want to do it so that you don't have to be physically present for the victory ride, but you can still do something and support the effort. 
And Sherry, you mentioned some some uh, opportunities for the folks in, in the Big Apple that could land them at the ESPYs? Yes, and that is through the um, program that we are doing with Harris Teeter, um, and that's the Constellation Wines program. So you can register for that, and for that, people can go to v.org and get more information as well. And if and if they just want to give money, vfoundation v dot org is the right place. That's right. That's the letter v dot org. It couldn't be any easier. Sherry, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Make sure you keep us informed of what you guys are doing at the V Foundation, and take a moment to walk around your colleagues and tell them from us thank you for the hard work you're doing, for everything you're doing to try to end cancer. Thank you so much. I always appreciate. Um, the time we spend together. You're so very wonderful and so thorough and appreciate your listeners as well. Thank you, Sherry. Good talking to you. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Once again, thank you, Sherry. Up next, Bill Daughtry. Yes, here on New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Before we chat with Bill Daughtry, here's a public service announcement from us here at 98.7 ESPN. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Please wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you're sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Please clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message is brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and 98.7 ESPN New York, where my next guest held serve here for a number of years. He was, of course, the host of this program, had his own weekly show, had a daily show, was part of the Humpty and Canty show. The list is endless. Yes, he's back. Bill Daughtry chatting with us this morning on New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Bill. Larry, how you doing, man? I've been gone almost three years. Y'all ain't changed your name with nothing. No, 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 no. Beyond ESPN New York tonight, y'all make me feel like I had a little impact here. Uh, there's no question. You definitely did. We, we, it's it's uh, it's going to stay that way into perpetuity. <laughs> How about that? Well, at least for the next 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of time limits, let me take you through this. Now, you and I have been around sports for a minute. We've seen some things. This situation on sports reaction to the coronavirus bill is, is something that's been just amazing to me so far. And I expect there's going to be some more surprises. Well, first things first, I'm glad that professional sports has done what they have done, particularly the NBA, again, leading the way on this thing. I mean, as soon as they got the word back on Rudy Gobert, they said, everything's on hold. We're locking it down. And now Donovan has the same thing also. So, you know, I mean, kudos to the NBA for doing what they did. And you kind of started to get a vibe when the NCAA said, well, we're going to have our tournament, but nobody's going to be there. Mm. And now as we speak, and this is, uh, I'll let your listeners in on it. This is Thursday. By Saturday, by the time they hear this, the NCAA tournament itself may be done because the big five tournaments have been shut down. The Ivy League has been shut down. The NHL has been shut down. Major League Baseball has been shut down. I think it's a good thing, man, because there's no shot. There's no pill to to deal with this, this COVID-19 virus. 
So until they figure that out, they've got to keep people separated. They've got to keep people in safe spaces. And I've been joking with people. I'm like Chuck Berry. I've got no particular place to go. You know exactly where to find me, and I would, I would advise everyone in the sound of our voice. If you don't have to be someplace, stay home. Play it safe because we are the best preventative that there is. There is none medically, and we don't want our hospitals, our medical system to become overwhelmed. So we need to do the next best thing, and that's stay in place, self-quarantine. Be careful. Be safe. From a from a couple of things. First, leading up to this with baseball, the idea of no reporters in the clubhouse before the game uh, that was that was shocking to me, and I know, and I mentioned on the air during the week that the Baseball Writers Association of America must be spinning. Uh, they understand the role now, obviously, and they, they understand that they have to go through this because of the unusual circumstances. But I believe that you know this is going to work so well, Bill, that Major League Baseball is going to say, you know, let's keep it this way. <laughs> well, look at what happens with the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You have media availabilities. I mean, once upon a time when we used to do it on media day, it was uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. You met with the teams at their hotels. You also met with them on Thursday. Friday was the commissioner, and everybody was locked down. You had the commissioner and the coaches on Friday, and then Saturday was the longest day ever. They've kind of filled that void now. Then the game on Sunday. But even that has changed, and, 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 and the gist of it being that now they're in so many sports they have the interview room as opposed to media moving in, taking over locker rooms. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's a very good thing that they have done that, and I think the players will be very happy with it. They don't have to deal with people being all in their locker room, all in their space. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because it eliminates a lot of unnecessary variables. And I think sports is going to get used to the interview room concept as opposed to reporters going en masse into a locker room or, as we like to say, gangbang the coach and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's going to be a different way of life. There's no, there's no question about it. And it's something you're right. We're going to get and, used to. And, and you know, I mean, again, they're not they're not banning you from the stadium. You'll you'll have opportunities to talk to players. You'll mm-hmm. have opportunities to talk to them in 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 more intimate settings in the interview room. Those opportunities will present themselves, but. In 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 21st century America, no, I don't think it's a bad thing that we can no longer go into locker rooms. We weren't welcome there in the first place. No, not in a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of something. I know I wasn't welcome in. I can think of a few. <laughs> New York sports and beyond. <laughs> yeah, here on 1970 ESPN, listed to Bill Daughtry joining us this morning, a special edition of the show as we kind of bring him back to give us some some perspective on what's been going on with sports, uh, you know, reaction to the coronavirus. Bill, what is this? What does this liken to liken you to in things that you've covered in previous years? I, I mean, 
obviously I think it's nothing like it that's exactly the same, but, you know, just in talking to some folks, I think the Magic Johnson um, HIV situation kind of, kind of brings you that feel of surrealness of being shut down, although games weren't shut down, but it's, it's probably the closest thing that we could come to other than with a sports venue. And then of course you talk about nine 11. Well, to me, this is definitely like a nine 11 scenario. Uh, again, for a period of time, the country was locked down. There were certain things that you weren't allowed to do. There were certain things you couldn't do. Couldn't get on an airplane because mm-hmm. they weren't flying. You know, it, whenever we get locked down like this, I think we come out of it stronger, smarter, and better. And I'm hoping that this is the case this time around because for the next 30 days, again, this is being recorded earlier, but Broadway is now closed until April 30th. So, I mean, that the local governments are taking this seriously and are taking the steps and precautions to protect the citizens, as we did on 9-11 and in the days following that, that's that's what this is the feel that I have now. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's it's uh, it's real interesting to see how government is just taking control. And even though we you know, we love to talk about sports and, you know, it's our day to day. It's our escape. It's it has now intertwined with real life <laughs> and it is real life. I mean, there are things that are, you know, for instance, going back to the locker room thing, you know, and. And please don't don't take this the wrong way, but I mean most of the post game comments that you get from athletes, I mean in the course of your daily life, what do they mean? Mm-hmm. You know what what's the weight that they carry? So I mean now we are being forced to be more introspective and and keep a sharp eye on our whereabouts and what we're doing and how we go about our daily business. And anytime we have to pay more attention to what we're doing, I, I think it's a good thing. I think yeah. it's a very good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to chat with you about a couple of other things, but I, I know you want to talk about uh, uh, a person in the business who uh, helped careers professionally, was influential on careers in college and mentoring folks. And, Bill was representative of a time in sports here where you, you know, there wasn't all sports radio and you got your, your sports in your three minutes, uh, on local news stations in radio. And, um, he did it about as well as anybody did it under that format. Talking about our, our good friend Ed Angles who passed away last week. Uh, Ed was 87 years old. He was going to be 88, which was the station that he worked for, for, mm. All those wonderful years in New York City, maybe 88 in April. Uh, I can't call Ed Engels but a, anything but a friend and a mentor. He was my boss at one point. I'd have to say he was my boss during the most productive and most important period of my broadcast career at, at WCBS Radio. And there are things that he was a part of in my life and career that I could trace to this very day, including my wife, who I met at WCBS. And I met her because I was Ed's associate producer 
on New York Jets football when we had the Jets at the station all those years ago. And the gentleman who used to engineer our shows, his name is Eddie Geis. He's alive and well down in Florida. My wife spoke with him a couple of years ago. He worked in a different part of the building Monday through Friday, and my wife worked in his office. And, of course, with my involvement with the Jets and having to get stuff to Ed Geist, that's how I met my wife, Carol. But none of that would have happened without Ed Engels. And, again, professionally, he, he opened many doors for me, and fortunately I was able to walk through some of those doors that he opened. But what I'm saying is not so unique because there are, and I'll say it this way, hundreds of broadcasters in the New York City area that have some kind of positive direct link to Ed Engels. And Ed Engels had a very positive effect on their lives and careers. And I don't know what higher praise you can give to an individual. Ed, Ed's goodness even was spread to us here at ESPN for so many years. His, his son, Kevin, uh, worked for the network for a good number of years. His daughter, Diana, was one of our producers when we started working at, at, at WEPN. Diana has since gone on to do great things at CBS Television Network. Uh, his wife, Margaret, she's had her own personal battles, but she has stood tall through all these many years. A remarkable family, remarkable people, and that their their patriarch, has passed away. It is a tremendous loss, but they did so much for so many that can be counted as good. And the one thing that I always remember about Ed was he had a great smile, always chatted with you, and was always willing. If you wanted to ask him a question that was very approachable, he was always like, yeah, you know what, listen, I heard that. Why don't you try it this way? Why don't you? So he was very helpful, um, Bill, in in helping you smooth out what needed to be done and uh, help lead you in the right direction, which, you know, is, is always helpful <laughs> and always welcome. He, he, he was, he was one of those people you always reached out to mm-hmm. for help. I, I think of one of the last conversations I had with him. I was doing my Saturday morning show the weekend that Muhammad Ali passed away. And Ed was the first person that, that flashed in my mind to talk to about Ali to, to have him share some some stories with our listeners. And when I reached out to him, I couldn't find him. And as it turns out, he had a health ailment at the time and was in the hospital when I called him. But don't you know, two days later, I get a phone call. It's Ed Engels from his hospital bed apologizing. Mm. He couldn't do it. But, hey, no apology necessary. I mean, he, he's, he's just that kind of person. The first, as a matter of fact, if if I, I think back, I met Ed in 1982 at the Hall of Fame induction. And I remember his daughter, Diana, she was in pigtails. <laughs> and, and Kevin was still in a stroller and Margaret was there. The whole family was there because it was a pretty big induction. It's when Frank Robinson, mm. Hank Aaron, Happy Chandler, they all went to the Hall of Fame. And that's when I met him. And I wouldn't work for him until like six years later, but that's when we started the foundation of the relationship. Uh, Very pleasant, as you talked about, outgoing, always willing to help. And I mean, he has helped legions in the New York City area. 
launch their career, and I am a proud member of that long line. And you and him did a little play-by-play, huh? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Years ago, they used to do the Lapchick Tournament. St. John's used to host the Lapchick Tournament, and uh, David Halberstam was their play-by-play guy, Mm. and Ed used to do color. I can't remember what happened, that Halberstam was he wasn't able to do the play-by-play for that tournament that particular year. And so Ed moves over to the play-by-play chair, and he asked me to do color with him. And I said, sure. And we're doing this game at Alumni Hall. And believe it or not, Loyola Marymount was the team that St. John's was playing. This was the Loyola Marymount of Hank Gavins and Bo Kimball. This is a big deal. And, and there was a timeout in the game, and Ed would take off the headset to talk to the statistician or to find out some other pertinent information about the game. And it, during this particular timeout, it was a shorter timeout, which nobody realized. And Ed is still talking to the producer <laughs> about what's, you know, what, getting information he needed to know for the final seconds. The game is on the line. And I look over. And he has his headset in his hand, and the referee is giving the ball to LMU to put in play. <laughs> so I had to jump in and do the play-by-play. <laughs> well, Marymount missed the shot at St. John's. Well, you can look it up. That was a long time ago. But uh, uh, he also got me involved in Iona basketball with uh, one of my Mount Vernon High School classmates, Gary Stanley. We shared the color job there for a number of years during the Jeff Rulin years, and uh, he also got me involved in teaching as did at St. John's University with Bernie Beglane mm-hmm. in their sports media class, which I taught both on the, the Queens campus and the Staten Island campus in the shadow of Wagner College. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that happened in, in my career that I can directly trace to my connection and my relationship with that Angles, which I'm glad to say was a good one. Yeah, no question about that, and he will definitely be missed. Bill, thank you for taking a couple of minutes to chat with us today, and uh, always feel free to come back. The door is open. Um, thanks for doing that, and uh, keep the door open. I'm not saying I'm coming back, but it's always, always a pleasure to chat with the family over there at 98.7. You know, doing a great job. All across the board, uh, Tim McCarthy and his team, they do a great job. And it's just cool. it's good to know you guys, and it's good to be on the right side with you guys. Anytime you need me, just give me a call. Just don't ask me to do a show. Uh, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that down, Ray. Don't ask him to do a show. We appreciate you, though. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, Larry. Appreciate it, man. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, we thank Bill Daughtry for coming back and joining us. And earlier, my first guest, Sherry Mazur from the V Foundation. We'll join you next week on ESPN New York Tonight and right back here next Sunday for New York Sports and Beyond. For my incredibly talented producer of the all-world Ray Santiago, I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.